body, better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Welcome to episode 166. Wow. Can you believe Get it? your kicks on episode 166. <laughs> we are recording in this wonderful autumnal week just for you listeners. And I'm Mark. Or, or no. <laughs> I'm Noah. And Whoa. that's Eric and Mark. <laughs> Where? We're, we're role-playing today. Yes. Spank me. Um, we're, uh, we're not um, recording physically together tonight. We're recording in the cloud. So uh, via the technology that is Skype. Yes. Which might cause some awkward silences yeah. and people to forget who they actually are. But <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> we'll iron it out as we go on. <laughs> So I'm yes, just a special guest host in this episode is Eric. Me. I'm glad to exist again. <laughs> it's good to have you here. We definitely wanted to have Eric on this week's episode because the big MMO news out there this week is DC Universe Online. And I'm the only one who gives a crap about it. <laughs> no, 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 it. not true. I I like it a lot, and I, I am actually paying for it monthly. I'm just not playing it. <laughs> So uh, I do like it quite a bit. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Yeah, it's kind of silly. Need to and cancel I that. I, I got some time thanks to Eric sharing a buddy code, and I, even though I picked apparently the crappiest mentor, Wonder no, Woman. We'll get into that later, but it's not the crappiest. It's just I stress I about fun. it a lot. Yeah, because I, I wanted to give you the perfect superhero experience, and what do I do? I pick the magic-y one that doesn't make you feel like a comic book at all. It's just it's a bunch of floopity doo. Well, it's like I was playing magic City of Heroes again. There you go. Yeah. Ugh. Regret. <laughs> it was still cool. I thought it was it was a fun experience, but not one that I would return to unless it went free to play. And finally, or actually quickly, is the answer. Boom. <laughs> it's gone free to play. But before we get into discussing that and hearing what Mark and Eric's reactions are, but not Noah's, <laughs> we're going to get into what we've been playing and also all the great emails that we've gotten during the last week speaking of if you would like to send any emails in to our lovely staff send them to mail m-a-l-e m-a-l-e nope. <clears throat> i'm afraid not it's spelled m-a-i-l at channelmassive.com <laughs> speedia.com i'm sorry yes you can also Comment via directly on the website, channelmaster.com. We, we have, have the technology. Episode. You can also review us on iTunes. We like Yes, iTunes. whether you like it or not, just give us five stars so we pay attention. Yes, it's all about your passion. Yeah, I know that joke's so old, and I really should stop, but it's always <laughs> new to me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, our, we have our tropes that we have to go yeah, through. got to do it. That, that is one of those things. So without further ado, we are going to get rolling into the show. 
This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Service. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. So, we've come to the awkward part of the show where we discuss what we're playing without trying to talk about League of Legends too much. <laughs> with, with that in mind, Eric, what have you been playing? And remember, you must keep it to four seconds or less. Actually, you have about 60 seconds. Boo, boo. I am, uh, you don't have to worry about times that. four seconds. Awesome, no, thank you. You have 45. Uh-huh, whatever. <laughs> you know, I, have, I haven't... My list of games has gone down because I've been playing the ultimate life game, which is getting married. So oh, just, that's a good one. Yeah, just, married. Just last month I got married, so. Um, you know I what the sequel to... is, don't you? Getting divorced. <laughs> no, no, we don't believe in marriage, it's, so we're it's probably a scary, just gonna scary sequel. Yeah, we're probably just gonna die. Some people just, just never play it. it. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, we're gonna skip that one. Just die. Yeah. There you uh, go. But, but. Um, I did get an interesting – recently I got an interesting wedding present from a friend, and uh, that is Gears of War 3, uh, which is a game that I never wanted. Never wanted that game. <laughs> the unwanted. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean it's just – it's it's cool. I see all the commercials, and I'm like, man, that is neat. But I hear that it has a – let's be polite and say minimalist story, um, and it's you know it's all about the chainsaw gunnery. So I was like, ah, I'm not too interested. Well, guess what? That thing's pretty good. It's like if you just want to go and kill people a lot with chainsaws, like, boom, A-plus for effort on that one. Well, plus um, it supports co-op, so have you been playing with friends or players? No, this is what – so I'm a – like, I'm a, I'm a dumbass because I can't just start Gears of War 3 story because I don't know what's going on. Even though they say that there's, uh, you know, very small story arcs throughout and that you can pretty much catch up with one wikipedia post it's not not a big Don't deal tell me you played the first two i'm ha- i'm about a three-fourths of the way through the first one <laughs> i knew it and i because i just have to i want to I, i'm playing it and, no uh, no there's mean. there's a lot of dude broing and i can see why i skipped it it's not a bad game like all the gameplay is really clever like there there are there are these like little moments and if you re- um read or watch interviews with whatever his name is, like Cliffy B or whatever, uh, he was talking about these like set-piece moments that you remember and you talk about, and that's true. The gameplay is, is totally where it's at. Uh, it's just the story and the kind of dude-broing, uh, which has been blown up to a huge meme now, but, but it's totally there. Uh, I'm still enjoying it. It looks beautiful, and I can't wait to finally get to Gears of War 3 when everybody else I know has already beaten it. Um, and then I uh, started playing... What is it? Uh, Dead Island. I just finished it, actually. I started it and then finished it. Put like 40 hours into it. There's a lot of controversy around that game. Are you guys interested in, in it at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought you... the concept trailer was really cool, but from what I understand, the game's not nearly as emotional as that. And yes, I agree. I absolutely agree. And I've been thinking about it a lot uh, just because 
you see that trailer that you know with the little child being a little zombified and stuff and you you get it, it hurts you like it, it gets you really excited and you're like man if they could just have a tenth of that well the problem is they probably have about 0.25 percent of that you know what i mean like it's the dialogue isn't there, uh, the animation isn't there, so you, the character can't even express themselves the way you'd want to, to, to convey the emotion. But the world, uh, the way they've created it, it's, it's, um, you, it eventually gets its point across. So the, it's not corny, it's not cheese house, uh, cheese house, cheesy grind house, what I meant. Um, but it's not like that. It, it's a, crappy things happen it's just not written as well as you'd hope um but the gameplay's there again again i'll say this is a game with uh great melee combat um fantastic effects the the modeling effects for the zombies are are really kind of like the uh, really neat thing where you you have a strategy of you can either break or sever the zombies limbs uh and they are helpless after that you know um uh, another thing i was thinking about a lot is that uh it's it's a um, if you don't like it either single player or multiplayer make sure to try both of them because i feel like they're two different games uh when i was playing single player i was reminded a lot of walking dead and some other games like uh, well, some other comic books and movies where you're you know a single survivor uh kind of uh, you know being overwhelmed by zombies and, and having to really kind of strategize how to take them out as quickly as possible um it's if you like games like borderlands uh, Fallout, it's, it reminds me of Fallout in some ways because I get addicted to checking every little nook and cranny of everything for, for resources. Um, it even has some elements of Dead Rising 2 because uh, you're building weapons. But uh, Dead Rising 2 was really annoying because you had like – I'm exaggerating, but like you had five inventory slots, and it sucked. And you could never you could never have the block of wood you needed to make this cool little explosive block of wood or whatever. Uh, in this, you know, you got unlimited space to carry whatever the hell you want, and it mm -hmm. frees up a lot of things. So I don't know. I I love that game. I I beat it and I immediately started it over again. I could talk about wow. it for fifteen years. Yeah. Well, but anyways. Uh, yep. <laughs> but anyways. Did we we played a League of Legends game a couple two weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. been about it. Although you did well. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to play with you guys, and when I when I do, it's it's weird because uh, we don't do so well. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We've done well here and there, though. Yeah, I, I guess it's I guess it's just you know you burn through. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same thing with you guys, but um, in solo matches, like you you burn through so many that you kind of forget about the bad ones. You know, you might have a you know when I go look through my history, I realize holy crap, I. I had three or four losses in a row. I don't even remember them. Uh, right. I, well, I it's best to forget. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but, I, but I do remember the ones where we lose. Uh, for some reason, like, no matter how – I'll look at my stats, and I'm like, hey, I didn't do that bad. Uh, but I still feel like, oh, my God, I'm losing it for everybody because I'm, like, level, what, like 20, 20 21 or something? 20 something, something, yeah. Yeah, and you guys are all 30, so I'm like, I must be the problem. Yeah. Not, no, like, not necessarily. Yeah. No, you – yes, yes. Don't just kidding. about it. Just kidding. Cool. Uh, any, any other, any, any the other game I've been playing is um, DCUO, but I figure we'll talk about uh, sure. more about that later. You know? Excellent. Excellent. How about you, Noah? Let's see. I've been playing From Dust. I got some good time in with that over the weekend, and I also finished Child of Eden, which was really cool. A lot of fun. I liked it. It, it 
frustrated me and I'm like, I don't know if I can finish this. So I might have to look online for some tips, but then I would get through it. And I'm like, yeah. So really great. Highly recommended. And a few games, League of Legends. And because I heard that there might be a shortage of the game, I just got Kirby Mass Attack, which I I knew I wanted to get at some point. I wasn't going to get it right away because there's another DS game that I'm trying to finish called Monster Tail that's also great. Oh. But someone's like, oh, store's running out of stock. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to go get it because I know I really want it. So I got that. And maybe I'll play that soon. But It, it looks so good. Like I saw a quick look on, on GiantBomb.com about it, and I I'd completely written it off. Like a, It's like, oh, yeah, it's a Kirby game, whatever. But that thing, that looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's cool because you have this little viral cloud of Kirby's of up to 10 that you fling and you latch on the things and call them to attack or move them as a group. It's, it's really neat. I mean, regardless if it were Kirby or if you were playing a bunch of ninjas that were running around in a group of 10, mm-hmm. it's just a really cool gameplay concept. And that's why I can't wait to try it. Neat. Cool. Well, you want to hear what I've been playing? Yes. Are no. you excited? Are you ready? No. Yes. Well, the, there's two things that come to mind as the highlights for the week. Um, Actually, for the last two weeks, I um, so I, I changed jobs, and they gave me an iPhone for it, my new gig to use, and so I kind of left my droid behind. And I don't know, I, it seems like for many, many episodes, I've complained about how I really don't think the games are very compelling on the um, you know either platform, really. But I have finally found a game I think is really good. It's only for the iPhone and the iPhone Touch right now, but um, people are just screaming for it to move over to the droid. And it's a tower defense game, and there's a bunch of these tower defense games for both of them, and all of them, I think, pretty well suck. But not this one. I think it's actually really good. And it's called Tower Defense Lost Earth, and it it weighs in at a whopping $3 if you want to buy it. It is really good. I finished it in easy mode, and I'm trying to play through the levels. Um, There's like 40 levels um, in normal mode, and it is really hard. Like, you really have to puzzle out like the best strategy to get through some of the maps. And I mean, there's been some maps that have taken me like four days to get through. So what's its theme or or gimmick? What type of setting is it? It's just a generic setting. I mean, it's, it's, well, they have, um, for one thing, they have this whole idea that it's got, um, you know, um, little movies embedded in it for the campaign. So, you know, you, you're rewarded every once in a while with some lore and kind of what the story is with little transition scenes and stuff. They say epic story, but I would disagree. But <laughs> um, but I, I think it's really pretty cool. You can also, you know, there's the whole competing for your scores and it's got the social network plug-in and everything. But the gimmick of it, the only gimmick it has going for it, there's nothing unique about it, is it's just really good gameplay. It's a really good tower defense, and it's really hard and challenging. And you can't just stick with a certain tower combination and get through every map. You have to, you know, every tower exists for a different reason, which, sad to say, but I haven't I haven't enjoyed playing a tower defense game this much since the old um, Winter Mall map, the multiplayer map for uh, the Warcraft, or uh, the, um, not Warcraft 3, but... Uh, you know, help me out, Noah. Yeah, the Warcraft 3 mod. Warcraft 3 mod, yeah, that's right. Remember, you, you remember that one, right, with the multiplayer? Yeah, that was my introduction this, to Tower Defense. This, and unfortunately, 
there is nothing better after that. Well, this this reminds <laughs> me of that. It's that hard. It's like that. It really. So is really it like that? that is, are the monsters going along a set path that you put towers yeah. in? Yeah. Or do you build no. towers to maze them? You, you don't maze them. There's there's only one level where you actually do any mazing at all, and it's very minimal. But boy, is it just it has to be perfect to work. But no, it's it's a path based one, which is to me like a downside when I was looking at it. But you know, I just I was like, I'm just gonna get one game for this phone in case I'm ever stuck in a lobby somewhere. You know, I, I really had kind of given up on the genre, and this was one I'd never really seen. And so I I installed it, and damn if it's not really been well worth the three dollars. So it comes from uh, Com2S as the developer. They have a bunch of other stuff, but this one's really good. So that's one thing that sticks in my mind. And the other is I got my Xbox Live account hacked, which what? was no. really cool because. I mean, fortunately for us, our family is kind of addicted to um, streaming videos on Netflix. You know, we have two small children. Um, there's a bunch of different series that my wife and I are trying to catch up that, you know, we, we stream down from Netflix. So on Saturday at about noon, somebody hacked my account, um, logged in, and transferred about $80 worth of credits. Oh, they purchased $80 worth of credits because, you know, my credit card info was in there. And then they um, transferred those credits to an undisclosed account. And then they did whatever they did. They managed to change my gamer tag and destroy my Xbox Gold status. So when we tried to stream with Netflix, we were unable to because you have to be an Xbox Gold level uh, subscriber to be able to have the Netflix. So we knew something was wrong. So it was kind of cool because within four hours, I knew there was a problem, and I was able to log in, and I was able to dispute the charges, and and Microsoft's investigating it. In the meantime, I had to start an additional. xbox live account so i lost like everything related to my account i'm not using right now um and i have to do that while they investigate for 30 days and i haven't received a single email from microsoft about it yet so i don't know if they're actually really doing anything um but allegedly i'll get my account back and you know all the money will be returned to me and i'll have my gold status returned for free you know but right now i'm on the three free 30-day trials just so i can stream netflix and stuff so that was really a downer um, and, and I'll tell you, my password wasn't horrible, but it wasn't um, great. And it was the same password I've had ever since I had an Xbox. And I'll tell you, if you, have, if you do have an Xbox Live account or any kind of account like this, because people are work, write, writing these like on, you know, online interactive password crackers that will try and take advantage of the network and stuff, I would recommend really rethinking a super simple password and maybe putting one in where the Microsoft screen that you put it in on for like the web interface says it's actually, you know, a, a complex password or, you know, it's, um, there's like strong. Yeah. Yeah. Don't go with a weak or a medium, get a strong one because the crackers that they're running are going to get things like if you have a word where you use dude speak to spell it out or something like that, they're going to catch on. So, I would really recommend changing your password to something much stronger um, just as a preventative measure because it really sucks. When you think about, like, everything linked to an account you've had ever since an Xbox, like, being unavailable to you mm-hmm. and stuff, and, you know, plus just the inconvenience of it possibly. Yeah. You know, I was lucky. They only ran up, you know, $80 worth or so. You know, they bought, like, 40 credits, 20, 15 credits, and then five or something like that, or, you know, the 5,000 pack or whatever that was. Yeah. But it could have been a whole lot worse. So just a word to the wise, you know. It might suck to type that password in when you have to, but it's worth it to not go through what I'm going through. So 
you know, not so bad. I've had my uh, Blizzard account hacked before too, which was really fun. But this this was actually worse. So uh, that's that's my um, weekend gaming. <laughs> bummer. Yeah. Well, on that downer note, we are going to move forward into your emails. Let's get into your email for this episode. First of all, we, we have a lot of email to get through, so we will make we want to make sure that we give everybody their due. First of all, thank you guys so much for all of you who've written in. It's great to get the positive support for our return to the internet. First up from James, we have an email that says, Hello guys, I thought it was about time I emailed you to tell you what a great podcast you have, with the exception of the League of Legends podcast. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I have been listening since I found you guys on the Virgin Worlds website. Wow. Wow. Back when we were actually listed there. <laughs> then he gave us a code for a League of Legends character, which was really, really cool. Thank you so much. He continues, I wanted to mention I rent a ventrilo server from UGT, so your advertising does work. Keep up the good work, and I'm glad to see more of the old format type shows. I do miss Jason's drunk rumbling, so get him back on the show, James. Wow. Well, it's hard to not miss that. Speaking <laughs> of drunk, guys, I found my beer. That beer <laughs> I was looking for, I found it. It was on the floor. Yes, awesome. Tangent. And it's cool to hear that one of our listeners actually has rented a UGT server. Yes. I never thought I'd hear that. Very cool. That's so cool. Our next email is from Soren. Wrote in, hey guys, first of all, great to have you back. I was losing faith in you with everything turning to League of Legends. I even listened to those episodes also just to hear your soothing voices, but I ran out of stamina. About the Sony 3D visor contraption, I'm so old that I remember the first virtual reality experiments. And although it was crude in two frames a second, it felt like it had great potential. It was a great feeling to actually be in a 3D world, to hunt pterodactyls in a checkered world of stairs and columns. I surprised mm -hmm. my experiments further when resolution and computer power grew. Seems it's only used for brain surgery these days. I can't figure out if the visor, which I think is, is Sony's visor that he's talking about, is going to have a motion tracker. I can't find any info on it, so I guess not. Weird, since I would really like to be in the games I play. Maybe walking around will feel a bit weird, maybe causing a bit of motion sickness until you get used to it, but it would be perfect for driving games and flight sim dogfights. Also, it could work great for move or connect, although it would be very dangerous when you can't see what you flail your arms into. About yeah. full-priced <laughs> games and downloadable content, I shamefully admit to mostly buying secondhand games. I know it's wrong. It hurts the developer, and I'm even in the gaming business, but I simply can't afford all the games I want to play and also feed the car, <laughs> the kids, and the pets. So I pay full price for the games I really, really like and often pre-order those, often as collector's editions if the contents are nice, like in Saints Row the Third or Arkham City and Skyrim. The red, and Man, Skyrim, that's a huge box. The rest I look for in bargain bins and get them when they're at half price or less. Obviously, developers need to sell games to make money or make new ones. It's a damn shame that games like Brutal Legend didn't sell, so there's room for new and improved sequels. Developers must make sure that people don't turn in their games. Unlockable characters in fighting games and so on, that could be a solution. But then they should be free and unlocked by a code in the box. Consumers will need to buy an unused version of the game to get those contents. Rock Band and Guitar Hero are good examples on how to get people to keep their games. You need the previous versions to get the songs that were in those games, but to pay 800 points to unlock them is a bit much since you've already only played once, since you've already paid once. My guess is it has something to do with licensing or similar. 
In my fantasy world, standard triple A games would be half price. They should include free unlockable content so people will need to buy new games to get it. There should be additional paid downloadable contents to keep the game alive, keep the money flowing, and keep the developer staffs busy until a new game is ready to be produced. Red Dead Redemption, Mass Effect, and others are good at this. Sorry about the long email. I got carried away. Again, great to have you back, guys. Soren. And that kicked off a bit of a thread between he and I on on uh, what he had said. I mean, like the whole VR thing, all that. I mean, it was great, great, great that you wrote in. Appreciate that very much. I remember that virtual reality game that he was talking about. I remember distinctly that it was a checkerboard world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> is really cool and definitely I, I agree that i like having free unlockables and definitely we've seen some companies do that i think uh, ea and ubisoft games do that and also on the other side when you pay for dlc especially if it's characters or something that you can enjoy over and over or if it's maps and multiplayer like in call of duty i feel like you're much more likely to hold on to the game if you've invested in it like you see and like I can only imagine, like, Dwayne, Mark, with as much money as he's invested into songs for rock. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because if or you turn Jason. that game in, yeah, Jason, too. I mean, if you turn those games in, you don't have you, that investment you've just thrown away as well. I don't know. I mean, I, I suppose selling a game back is kind of like, well, I'm getting rid of this investment that I made, but you no, get some return. He's absolutely right. It's it's really up to the game developer to come up with something that makes it to where you just can't sell it. You're too invested because you bought too much DLC and you just feel like you'd be throwing it all away. Yeah, and Those really... suggestions are interesting because I remember whenever people talk about like, oh, if you want to play Madden online you need to, and you buy it secondhand, you're going to have to pay to access the online pass or whatever that is. And people get so mad about that. But I, I think oh, it's yeah. fair. What, what, would, so what do you think, Eric? Well, I was just going to say, and that that uh, as I think about it, I, I really agree with everything he said. And if if you do end up turning in the game after you've invested so much DLC uh, time and money in DLC, it kind of just shows that maybe that game wasn't that good to begin with. So just to clear it up, my idea is with Fable Three, uh, I invested a lot of time and money into the DLC, and the game overall disappointed me. Uh, I still traded it in, uh, and with that, with the idea of all of this DLC that I'm going to be missing out on, you know, some of them I hadn't even played yet. Um, but oh, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it really, when it came down to it, um, you know, the DLC can be good and bad. You know how you said that it extends the life of the of the game. What well, also can put the nail in the coffin if it's if it you know if further you know further makes uh, an okay game even worse. You know what I mean? So it's just yeah. I recall the the last downloadable piece of content for Mass Effect Two, which is supposed to be the bridge of the, the storyline bridge in Mass Effect Three. It it was kind of thumbs down, mm-hmm. and people were like, man, this kind of sucks. It's not really worth your money. And I also remember that actually happening with the first Fallout, that the final piece of DLC after some really awesome superior pieces of DLC was kind of crappy too. But I think in those cases, those are games that people loved enough that if there's one bad piece of DLC at the end, like you're saying, Eric, it doesn't really change your opinion of the overall game. You're just like, oh, well, yeah, that cause, was okay. Yeah, because it it's a good game overall. 
Um, yeah. But I mean, you know, no matter how much DLC you have, like I, what what DLC does for me is it helps me, or or any kind of free downloadable content, it helps me, you know, stick with the game because sometimes I feel pressured, especially with my budget. Just like him, like I don't have all of the money to buy brand new games. I'd love to support every single company that I love, but I have to pick, you know, five or six that I really love. And then on the tail end, you know, I make sure to put my few bucks in for indie games and stuff like that. But those middle of the road games, those are the games that I, I buy used, uh, and I feel bad. But in in a way, it's it's a business, and you know, they're trying to make money, but also it's a competition for my attention. Exactly, and, and your money. You know, yeah. <laughs> So they're they're going to, I'm going to buy used what I feel is not worth buying brand new, and I, I don't want to feel gypped by feeling like I have to buy a, a twenty dollar game when I can get it in the bargain bin used for seven fifty. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Next up, we have an email from Julian, who, if you're a regular reader of our website, has written several posts in the past over the years. Julian to say, hey guys, time with the topic in your last episode about. Gaming of the future, which Mark can do that better than me. <laughs> Gaming of the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Julian requested that. He said, cue Jason soundbite. <laughs> <laughs> Julian continues, I had some thoughts on this. Recently, I had the good fortune of going to a presentation by the creative director of Rage, and he mentioned that in the future... He envisions he envisions <laughs> games where the decisions in my game can affect the world of my friend's game. This reminded me of something I'd thought of before. Imagine a sort of mini MMO where you and five friends or something all share a game world that's very much like Fallout or Skyrim in style. The game itself wouldn't need a massive epic story so much as build a world in which you and the people you play with create the story. I could be the leader of the Heroes Guild, and meanwhile my buddy is an acolyte of the Blood Worshippers who murders babies at night. His objectives would change dynamically based on what I'm doing and vice versa. If I save the babies in a city, his objective would be to secure a new feeding ground in another city, etc. This could even go large scale where two friends could be leaders of two opposing factions and literally wage war on each other in game, while the others involved could do all kinds of double agentry and backstabbing or baby saving in order to come out on top. <laughs> the basic premise of world he's really in the babies. The basic premise yeah. of world which you impact with your actions is multiplied because while you're sleeping at night. Johnny could be destroying that dam you built by the village, killing every one of your farmers and stealing your crops. The possibilities have no end. It really would be the perfect marriage of MMO and single-player RPG. I'd buy it. Keep up the good work, Julian. Oh, well said. Yeah. You know what the, the, I first thought of when I was reading that is the whole, what are those called, Mark, when people get an old version of World of Warcraft and they install it on a server and use the old version of the... Software. Oh yeah, where they private, like private servers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and whoever's like running that server can give you a million gold and change. Yeah, one thousand, one thousand time XP and stuff like that. Yeah, which I don't think that's what he's talking about here. I guess something else that would be similar maybe would be Animal Crossing, where you can have a town and your friends can come into your town to visit and they can harvest all of your trees and destroy things. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. After that, <laughs> and that stuff—I mean, that stuff exists though. But it—it's if you're going to get—he's talking about like a depth of story where you almost have something like uh, the director. I, I can't remember the name of it, but you know, Left Left for Dead had that oh, program, yeah. that that mechanic that was like the 
the uh, the director that it would adjust the difficulty and how many zombies spawn. So even if you played a map a million times, it would change dynamically. Um, you know, I I did this in a, what is it Neverwinter Nights? The original Neverwinter Nights had all these servers that you could join. You know, and you would you'd pop on one, and there are naked cybering vampires doing it in a hotel room. And I would <laughs> I would spend my evening taking off all my clothes, and as and they cybering? walk into no, I would no. No, 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 no. I would follow them because this is even funnier. I would follow them as they're – because there are rules that they make up in these weird, weird games. I would follow them, and they would sit down, and I would just stand in the corner naked, and I would just local chat, get it started. And I would just stay there, and they'd say, can you please move? Yes, yes, and it's great because I would mess up their day. I also one time – and this is the stuff like – the the thing is the server was run by a person, you know, and the person had to put all their time and energy into it, which all this should sound very familiar since Neverwinter Nights is based off of, you know, old D&D and everything like that, you know, where you get in persistent stories week by week and your your character changes and you're affecting things like that. Like this is the, all we all he really wants is that weird director from Left 4 Dead but controlling <laughs> stories. It, that that's controlling stories. So you can go in and you can just have a oblivion like experience but Instead of you know joining the Assassins Guild, Guild you are in, you are the leader of the Assassins Guild, and your friend comes in and they are the leader of the Warriors Guild, and you're fighting. You know, like that's that's what we need uh, in cybering. <laughs> and warriors. Well, well, that is good to know. <laughs> I kind of get where where Julian's going to because Blizzard and other companies have tried to solve this feeling of not making an impact on the world. Yeah. of an MMO because you have to support thousands and millions of people going through the same world, going through the same quests. Whereas if you had a fixed number of people playing in a smaller scope, you could have that cool, truly impactful changes to the world that wasn't done by instancing. It really was changed. And that would be really sweet. Yeah. Oh, that's, there's, a, there's a critical mass of people uh, that everyone's going to be a dick after a certain number. Maybe it's like ten people or twelve. Let's do a study and figure it out. <laughs> but really, like, I don't trust. I don't trust anybody. If I get into a group of people, I don't trust anybody in an MMO. I know they're going to fuck up my experience. Uh, games like um, uh, what a sweater, uh, uh, Star Wars, the the Old Republic. They even have mechanics sweater. built in. Yeah, they have mechanics built in that that preserve your experience because they assume some jackass in your group is going to mess you over um you know so it's if i had you guys and i knew you guys were committed to living the dream and knowing that i'm going to be the assassin's guild guy and you guys aren't going to log on and kill all my sheep or you know stuff all my babies with drugs and take them across the border like as long as i know that i'm going to enjoy it but Having it as an MMO, it's just not going to work because you know the d bags who play it like uh, you know you know I'm a knight of the order. I can't mix with you, so what I'm going to do is kill all the squirrels. You know those right. shitheads, those shitheads that don't make any sense. Can't yeah. trust them. Douchebags. Our last piece of feedback comes from Agamemnon. Wrote in, "Hey guys, just listening to episode 165." And to answer you on the Dragon Con thing, it's definitely not just a tabletop con. You can enjoy sci-fi, fantasy, zombie, horror, vampires, tabletop, MMOs, parties, costume contests, a parade, robot wars. Sorry, Eric, you did not mention voyeurism or cybering. Damn. (laughs) If you can think of any type 
of fan or genre, they probably have a track or panel for that. This year I was at the MMORPG party, which SOE helped host, and got drunk with their media PR rep, Will Wheaton, Felicia Day, and a couple of her guildies, Colin Ferguson from Eureka, and had a great time. By the way, you can download the app for your Android or iPhone to schedule out all the events and panels that you want to attend for all four days. I do recommend getting hotels set up months in advance, though. They start selling out weeks after the con ends. Wow. Here's a link, and then he has a link. And he says, I tend to hang out at the MMORPG track most of the time, but I catch some of the other stuff, too. He signs himself R, Agamemnon. I'm not sure if R stands for relax <laughs> or real. <laughs> Or the real agony. realistically, <laughs> it's but cool. it's cool to hear more about Dragon Con. I was going off some fuzzy memories of what Scott had told me, and he can probably vouch for what Agamemnon is saying here because he's been to the that Dragon Con as well. It sounds really cool, and it's cool to hear that PAX, for instance, and the occasional Anime Con isn't the only place that Will Wheaton and Felicia Day are going to. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people love those people. Dragon Con is like three hours away from me, so I really want to go. Uh, you know, my wife even wants to go. Almost said her real name. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Eric. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Eric. Eric. There we go. It's, Anyways. It's, you know, when I read that, I was like, yeah, maybe I had to try to set a like goal to go to like one different kind of conference every year. You know, like I could go to the. You know, because, yeah, like, just trying to go to E3 every year or, like, you guys did PAX this year. It's like, maybe it'd be cool to go to Dragon Con or Comic-Con. looked like it was awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, they had the whole Game of Thrones panel and everything. I mean, that looked, like, incredible. It's like, that might be kind of something to to do, you know? I mean, until my kids are old enough to go on vacation and not be a total pain in the ass, it might be kind of nice. But (laughs) I don't know. I'll figure something out. But that was a very inspiring email to me. It sounded really cool. Yeah, thank you very much for sending that in, Agamemnon. Yeah. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. We love hearing from all of you. And feel free to write us again or send in an audio feedback, if you like, to mail. M-A-I-L. At And now we are going to get into our discussion of DCUO going free to play. Hello, everybody. DC Universe Online. It's free to play. Well, soon enough, anyway. Soon will be, yeah. yeah Pretty exciting, yeah. huh? October-ish. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I, I, I feel I've, I've put a lot of hours into it, and I really feel like it should have been free to play from the beginning. Uh, I don't know if maybe I should have been a business major to figure this out or something. If there's a certain amount of time that they have to screw over people... Like, they have to say, yeah, we're being really, really profitable. Like, no, seriously, guys. Like, we're making a lot of money. We're never going free to play. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, guys. We're doing fine. Nothing yeah, gonna happen. Yeah, we're working on that content for sure. And then they then – they, this is what – no, this is weird. This is exactly what happened to Champions Online. So Champions Online came out with a fanta- – some, some extra content, then some a fantastic new power set. It was the um, – Celestial power set. It's amazing. It was. It's. It's still one of the most beautiful power sets in the game, right? Sure. Uh, that's a, that's what happened to DCU Universe. They came out with some extra content, and then boom, they come out with a new power set, which I'll talk about a little bit later. 
it's amazing. It's it's it adds a really neat twist to the mechanics, and it's a lot of fun. And if you want to be a Green Lantern, ask Green Lantern. You going to be a Green Lantern reservist? You're not really a Green Lantern. Uh, but uh, it's and then of course immediately after that they they announce they're going free to play. Um, so it seems like they're they like release content to jack up the the subs a little bit, and then go free to play to like they caught people's people's attention. I don't know. Do you feel like uh, that they're doing this because they're like, well, this is pretty much the end of all the planned content content that we have. We're not really getting enough money anymore to justify this much work, so we're going to go to free to play and coast more than we are going to develop new content. I the the whole leveling system and pricing model and and plan of, of DC Universe Online for Sony Entertainment, it seemed like a big, huge experiment. So I have no idea what they planned because the game itself, when you play it, within two or three days, like if you know what you're doing, you can be max level. And then a lot of people, once they get max level, they just quit. This kind of game, yeah. it, you, you, you that's just the beginning. You realize that there's a ton of instant-based, very casual content. So it, it takes that ph- the philosophy of dailies, you know, that are in most MMOs, uh, and th- they essentially add like a huge amount of content that's daily, the daily quest based, you know. So right. overall, it's super casual, uh, which is great. I mean, I hop in and I don't feel really stressed. Uh, you know, if there was a population, uh, it would have been great. I don't know if they kind of released it as a sub to see if it would be pop- popular enough um, to support a population. Um, but it feels like it's the kind of casual MMO that is it, it needs to be free to play, you know, it can, because you need an infusion of people who aren't going to pay shit to be able to play with the people who are, you know, paying a bunch of money. Um, so I, I don't know if the, I don't know if it's an experiment. I don't know what they were planning. It's weird. It's just really weird. So okay, okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> off on another tangent. Um, so uh, I'll go over kind of like the basics of the pricing model. I think it's. Uh, it's a pretty standard pricing model. Uh, it, they're not really screwing you over, and that's a big thing. I think uh, when it, when you get a a sub based MMO, you very easily can for anybody who's played the game before, like a returning player. Um, you can like I don't play Lord of the Rings online. I don't play Age of Conan um, right now, and I, um, and it's mainly because when you as a player who's played it for hours and hours, you look through and you can see all the stuff they're cutting out content wise. And you're like, well, I feel like I'm going to have to sub to enjoy the game, you know, because I know what I'm missing. Um, this game, really, they're doing it right by giving you all of the content, all of the content that's released so far. You're going to be able to play the game as is, right? That, that's freaking cool. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and what they're what they're limiting you on is the stuff that's closer to Champions Online and and some of the other games. Like, um, you know, I'm drawing a blank right now, but essentially, they're limiting your character slots, your inventory. Uh, auction house stuff, um, uh, your your bank slots, uh, if you can create a guild, how much mail you can send, what types of things you can send in the mail, stuff like that. You know, in a way, it's also limiting um, you know gold sellers and stuff like that. Um, but essentially, the free to play characters will still be able to play all the content. They will buy expansions. So there's uh, from what they've said so far, it's probably going to be like. Adventure packs um, from Champions Online. You're going to have uh, little little story arcs like comic books that you can purchase uh, a la carte from the uh, the store that they've already they've already issued some items as like a test. Um, and you're going to have limits on chatting and stuff like that. Now, 
if you spend five dollars or more in the cash shop ever, okay? Which is nothing. Go, yep, you become a premium member, and they've tried this out in in other uh, other games in the kind of like SOE. I don't know what you corral or what's what do you call a a bunch of hookers together? It's like a stable, <laughs> a stable, a stable. So, so it's like their stable of MMOs. I think I think Free Realms has it. I'm pretty sure EQ, the EQ free to play server has it too. If you spend five bucks or more, you become a premium member and you automatically get a boost in every single thing I've mentioned. So, like you go from uh, free to play, a person can only have two character slots. You immediately get four more character slots, right? And you you always have the option of purchasing more if you want. So you, you're not locked out of it permanently, and that's the big issue with Lord of the Rings Online. And so far, Age of Conan's pretty new with its free-to-playness, but right now there are some things that you're just locked out of you know, if you don't sub, and I think that's a bad idea. And it just goes to show that you know this game was not originally a free-to-play game. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, and then Legendary moves into, hey, you're paying a sub, $14.99, baby. And you get all this crazy stuff. Now, luckily for me, I don't have to worry about any of this shit because my wife, who loves me, bought me a lifetime subscription. So I'm good, baby. But at least you she, you got the lifetime subscription to the right superhero game. I have the lifetime <laughs> subscription to Champions Online also. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> the, well, no I'm, at, no, I'm sorry. Let's not get a tangent on that because guess what? <laughs> Now that it's gone free to play, that shit is awesome. Like I have showed so I've I've peer pressured so many people on Google Plus to download the game, and they've wasted two hours of their life with me showing every single character that I own. So I'm making <laughs> money. You're I getting something out of it, but I am. As for I the am. other people, not so sure. <laughs> oh man, I, they'll have they have a Eric hangover afterwards, but I don't give a shit. <laughs> Because uh, I got mine, which is the most important part. Uh, but yeah, so um, what? You guys got any questions? What are you guys excited about? I know you guys played it a little bit. I know uh, Mark, you, you're sub to it, but are, have you played it enough to really get a great impression? Do you yeah. guys want to join? Do you guys want to join my guild? I really, I, <laughs> I join your guild. I, I, I do really like it. I just haven't made much time lately, but I was, you know, leveling up. I, I think I've gone through three characters and. Finally, kind of decided on my main character, and um, you know, I'm 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 enjoying it quite a bit. Who's your main character's mentor? Um, Superman. Gotcha, yes. gotcha. So I mean, I don't want to. I know where. Let's just let's just talk about DCU in general. So like, what what powers did you pick? Like, um, what what stopped you? What stopped you? Like, really stalled you? Or do you plan on jumping right back in? Um, no, I plan on jumping back in. It's just been time constraints and stuff. So, um, you know, I I think I tried a bunch of different types of characters and mm-hmm. just experimented with the, you know, the character creator, which isn't, I don't believe, as in-depth as Champions Online or oh, City of Heroes. But definitely not. once you get into the game, you realize of the three, it's the one that feels the best to play. It's fast-paced, oh, yeah. and it's just a really good experience. and. I was talking about um, the deathmatch type aspect to it when you do some PvP and mm-hmm. how nothing in my life has prepared me for the speed of which someone with 
super speed can run past me, run up a wall, then be totally upside down on a surface. And the whole time I'm trying to shoot at them or, you know, mm. blast them <laughs> or whatever. And it's like, you're just not used to that kind of dynamic when you're playing in that mode, you yeah. know, where they're, you know, you're used to, if you played any of the superhero games, you're used to people maybe flying around really slowly or, mm. you know, trying to chase them, but it's all so slow. But when somebody's just basically bouncing off surfaces and doing all these crazy moves, it's just not something you're quite ready for, and it's hard to target them. You yeah. know, even with the PC, it's hard to it's hard to well, stay it's got on track. It's such a different targeting scheme because camera control and targeting are all yeah. the same thing in this mm-hmm. game. It's Your very cursor is always different. the middle of the screen, essentially. Yeah, um, I, I think it's awesome, and I just I of the three, you know, that's GCUO has become my favorite. So, yeah, and I um I I think about it, and it uh it seems like no one no one really population wise no one plays it you know like you get in the game you're really pumped and excited and especially when you hit level 30 a lot of the content is um it's group based and it's it's a queue so you have to get into a queue and wait and since the population isn't there it just it just depresses you yeah yeah but that'll that'll all be solved i mean there'll be a huge population now it should be a blast And I feel like it's this its success. It really was a victim of the wrong pricing model from the very beginning. You know, well, we were right at the edge of free to play being acceptable. I mean, you guys, you guys kind of consider. Hopefully, I, I've considered it for a while, but free to play is a totally viable option now, right? Like most yeah. people are all of a sudden oh, yeah. going, "Yeah, we got it." And be. in fact, I think our next topic is all about that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mark. We do have a a transition to something that is tangential to the t- that's related to the topic and it basically comes from sony online entertainment's president whose name is john smedley, smedley. he said that you know in this whole we're talking about this whole free-to-play thing he claims that star wars the old republic which is not being made by them it's being made by rareware will be quote the last large-scale subscription mmo he added he said uh it's it, it'll have a legitimate shot at a two million subscription user base but in my opinion, this is going to be the last large-scale MMO to use the traditional subscription business model. Why do I think that? Simply put, the world is moving on from this model, and over time, people aren't going to accept this method. I'm sure I'm going to hear a lot about this statement, but I am positive I'm right. And this is said just a week after they announced, or they actually said just this week, that they're going free-to-play um, one of their only remaining uh, subscription-based MMOs. Because I think EverQuest is still... It, yeah, one is. of them is is still subscription based, right? No, no, I think both of them are. It's just the EQ two. They have an EQ two. Uh, it's like extended or something like that, uh, where it's it's free to play a la carte kind of stuff. Uh, and and he brings that up too. He says, in our cancellation surveys for EverQuest two, fully forty percent of the people that fill them out list subscription fees as one of the primary reasons they quit. Economic times are hard out there, and recurring subscription is sometime, is something that glares at you from a credit card bill every month. For some people, saving money starts with getting rid of subscriptions that hit the credit card every month. Wow. It, I totally agree with them. Yeah. And you know exactly. I think one of the main reasons that's pushing it, where like three years ago, we were like free-to-play games, blah. The thing is, all of these major MMOs that had so much time and backing put into them by those games going free to play that's effectively raised the bar and expectations and what we can actually obtain from a free to play game for gamers in North America and it's delivering the types of games that North American gamers really like whereas before free to play used to be something that was all about 
uh, Asian or yeah, it was overseas it was, MMOs that were really more for those markets over there versus us. But now we have all these really high quality, gorgeous games. I mean, DC Universe Online, beautiful game. Age of Conan, beautiful game. There's a lot of really mm-hmm. beautiful free to play MMOs now, and mm-hmm. so because of that. Upcoming free-to-play games such as Firefall blah, <laughs> look fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's why people just aren't going to tolerate this whole subscription thing anymore unless they really, really like the license, which is what is being supported in this model from DCUO and other games as well. And we've got a couple, we've got a couple great free-to-play companies that are really uh, – and I've mentioned this before, I guess, ramblings on the podcast about uh, having a U.S. or, or uh, a a Western um, pricing model for your free-to-play game, like figuring that out because all the older free to like, uh, what is it? Bloody mare. You know, I, I wrote in one time to you guys telling you, you guys should totally play yeah, it. Totally. Yeah. And you played it and you're like, man, this is a grindy piece of shit. <laughs> and it kind it, look, looking back, it had a great aesthetic, but really it had that old mm-hmm. Eastern uh, philosophy of grind, 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 pay for power for XP boosts, you know? Yeah. And now now we're getting games, though, like Dragon Nest, Rusty Hearts, which they're innovative in their own, um, you know, action-based combat way like Vindictus. But they're also – they've got this great Western um, – you know, we're not interested in paying for power. If we like the game and we enjoy it, we will buy a hat. We will buy other things that, you know – and you just have to trust us to do that. Um, and and those those cash shops are really really successful. Uh, stuff like um, the I don't I don't want to keep mentioning it, but I'm I really enjoy their cash shop champions uh, champions online cash shop. They essentially have all these superpowers. What do they do in the cash shop? They give you more superpowers. Uh, or they um, they have a couple. What they'll do is they just came out with a rocket pack flight power, right? Well, they release that power for free in the game, and then if you want to purchase different rocket packs and different special effects for it, you do that through the cash shop. It's all really smart, really cosmetic, and the Western audience really loves that. You know? <laughs> yes. So, dude, Smedley's awesome with his obvious statement. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool to hear it coming from a major company, and I wonder how long it'll be before... We hear those same kind of statements from all the other major MMO developers. And I wonder how long, honestly, the Old Republic can run on just a subscription. If they can pull it off and run for a year, or are they going to have this same situation happen to them? And how yeah. long is it going to take for Warhammer Online? <laughs> yeah. I just... Why is that game still subscription-based? I do not know. And it, well, I mean, the thing is, though, they are, you know, what is it? What is it called? The, the arena-based three versus three, three groups versus three groups um, PVP that they're having. Yeah, it's they're Rath, in Rath, open beta Rath, now. It's like Wrath of Heroes or something like that. Yeah. They're taking no. the only really solid, entertaining part out of Warhammer. So even when it goes free to play, it's like, well, I'm okay. You guys release this thing. I enjoy yeah. this because I can queue up and I'm good. If it is you know? genuinely as fun as the scenarios were, because it is a little bit different, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll have yeah, to check okay. it out. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for this great podcast. And Eric, it's great to have you on again. Oh, wait, wait. I got something. Don't what? say goodbye yet. I remembered from the last podcast. <laughs> speaking of Warhammer, speaking of Warhammer, Mark, the class that you were trying to think of was Disciple of Cain. That was it. I was going to write oh, in, but I'm yeah. lazy as shit. <laughs> I love that class too, man. He had swords and bloods and swords. 
awesome. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> it was so fun to just, like, wade in and destroy. And then they nerfed, and that was the end of it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, uh, continue with whatever you were saying, Noah. <laughs> we were we were in the middle of wrapping it up. Yeah, so... Yeah. Put a bow <laughs> on the show, shit. If you enjoyed the show, too, we'd really like to hear what you think about DC Universe Online going free to play. Did you purchase a lifetime subscription, or did someone special in your life purchase you a lifetime subscription? Are you ambivalent about this, or are you going to be like, all right, cool, this is what I've been waiting for, which is kind of how I felt. Now I'm going to get into the game. I'm going to give it a shot, because it's going to be free to play. Or is there something else that you just know you don't want to wait? You're, you're not going to waste any time now playing this game. You're waiting for something that's just around the corner. Or you just mm-hmm. got something that has totally taken your heart. Tell us what that is. Send it into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will be back next week. But join the creeping darkness on uh, DCUO. Seriously, who knows how long it's going to be because that shit collapses like crazy. But join. <laughs> we at least need three to four people. We'll go instance running. We'll have lots of fun. There's in-game voice chat. I mean, seriously, would you like to hear Mark drunk? Because he's drunk a lot. Not true. <laughs> a, a lot more than he's kind of a liar. So just join us. Goodbye. This is probably going to get cut, so... Well, it's most likely. Goodbye. Best podcast in the world. I played Channel. World of Warcraft for ten years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, Channel. I might just kill myself. Channel. Massive? Blizzard Entertainment, why did we eat the hell with Diablo 3? I want it out. I signed up for the beta. I never got an email. It's like they don't even care. I have really good things to say about that game. I read about it in Game Informer. So I came here to tell you I want Diablo 3 to come up right now.